0: Welcome to Apostate Coffee Talk, the Exmo podcast supported by coffee and authentic living. We celebrate living life on our own terms, unapologetic and free from the Mormon dogma. Hi, Coffee Minions, it's your favorite coffee bitch here, Liz, coming at you with a really great episode today. Our first discussion about how to unfuck your Mormon brain. You heard me. We've basically all been through it, right? Unless you haven't yet, and you just might be eavesdropping, you know, or wanting to understand the Exmo experience. Either way, welcome. Today, the topic is about making decisions and then living with those decisions, but mostly about living with the decision to leave. I was raised in the Mormon faith, and I'm talking specifically to those who were raised in a fundamentalist religion and have since left. Sure, I'll be speaking specifically concerning Mormonism, obviously but I hope that the information here speaks to you and helps you in any way. Whether you've already made the decision to leave the Mormon church or you're contemplating leaving, this episode is for you. How do we make decisions and then learn to be okay with the decision when the shit hits the fan? And that's not proverbial. At least it doesn't feel that way. Everything turns to shit our ability to trust what we've been taught, our most trusted relationships, our friendships, our family, our whole belief system, our entire worldview. And now we need to figure out a way to live with our decisions. Learn to trust our decisions because the decision to leave might be the first decision you've ever actually made on your own. My experience inside as a believing member was, well, it was amazing. I had everything. At least I felt that way. I had happiness even though I had experienced heartache and trials. I believed in my security of knowing that I, what I knew to be true and right. But it was so wonderful. I mean, I had the truth and was comforted daily with what I determined to be the spirit of God, TM. I was, I was a naive child. I mean, I didn't know what I didn't know, and because I didn't know, I was super happy. My family loved me. Every ward I've ever been in, I felt loved, or so I thought. It all changed once I left. When we know better, we do better. But the path along the way is usually made of potholes and wrong turns and the feeling you are in the middle of a tornado or hurricane. As we individually unpack the experience of being Mormon, we learn that religious trauma is a legitimate real thing. And if you're like most of us, you realize you did indeed experience religious trauma. Mormonism is a highly authoritarian, dogmatic, and fundamentalist religion. And let's face it, really it's not a safe place for women. It's a heavy burden to realize the damage done to us while we were members, and it can feel worse when we, re- when we realize that we celebrated the traumatic impacts that we basically did them to ourselves and it seems like we did them willingly. Well, you know what? No more. A natural reaction, once we learn the depth of our pain and suffering, is to hide away and keep ourselves safe by trying to disappear. Or we do the exact opposite and become as loud and visible as possible because we were forced to fit into a box and conform to what someone else determined was okay or, quote, righteous. And when we break free from such damaging dogma, it's so very empowering and beautiful. So we're vocal and we seek our new tribe, a tribe of free-thinking people who accept us, warts and all, because heaven knows i got lots of warts. Just kidding. Now, after we make the decision to leave Mormonism, What used to feel safe and secure is painful and toxic, so we venture out into the world where we are not prepared to understand anything because, you know, we were indoctrinated to believe certain things about ourselves, the nature of the world, and the purpose of our existence. We grew up with certainty and assurance that we were on some fucking correct path and we were doing what God wanted us to do. Like we were somehow better than everyone else because we knew the truth and lived it to our detriment. Can I get an a frickin' man? Mm-hmm. Or is that an ah oh, man? Anyways, then the pain of staying—no, when the pain of staying—is harder and more damaging than it is to leave. We open our minds, we step out into the unknown, and begin to experience living in the world we aren't sure of any answer. And we hope to everything that we made the right decision. You know, leaving. Well, you are so not alone. Today I want to talk about your thoughts. Our thoughts lead to our feelings. Were you taught, like I was, that somehow Satan... Or the devil, dun dun, dun, could read our thoughts, so we had to be extra, extra careful with what we allowed into our heads. So we needed to have primary songs or hymns ready to start thinking and singing so we would be safe and protected, you know, blah blah. Well, if we were thinking that we were what we were supposed to, you know, like this prescribed thought process that thing that's right and normal, then we would have correct feelings, right? Thoughts lead to feelings and those confirmed how correct we were. Well, yay, pat on the back. I get, I literally get worked up just thinking about all the shit that I listened to and believed because somebody else, usually a man, somehow was supposed to know better than me. Like, As if some old white dude living in a comfy chair all high and mighty somehow had a better connection to my life than I did. How rotten is that? Then, when we have good feelings, we should believe those because God is speaking to us. Right? So how many of you really and truly wholeheartedly, quote, knew about us without a shadow of a doubt, that you could and should trust those feelings. How many of you made life decisions based on those feelings? Shit. From some young or uh, from such a young age, we're conditioned on how to think. So when the time came to make the decisions required of every good Mormon, like baptism, missions, marriage, blah blah, we could safely make the prescribed right choice, because we had been preparing for it our whole lives. It was crammed down our throats, and we willingly opened our mouths like good Mormon kids did. Like, really, did anyone not make those decisions? Anyone that didn't was treated like a leper and an outcast in the society of Mormondom. Great. Then the time came that after learning the real truth, not the whitewashed version and faith-promoting lies the church spews, but it was my turn to decide to leave. I remember not being sure if I would make it, if really my brain would change, or could it change. I continued to see the world through Mormon eyes for years. I didn't know any other way to see or be in the world. Had my feelings betrayed me? Had my thoughts been tricked? Nope, not anymore. I was finally seeing reality and it was scary. I just had so much doubt and fear and confusion. I couldn't accept the explanation given by others for the reason that they stayed or left. But I couldn't seem to explain myself to those same people. My thoughts, my feelings, my decisions didn't make sense to anyone else, especially family. And honestly, that was so difficult. If I saw something different than my other Mormon friends and family, we were taught to not trust our own instincts. We were somehow the problem. And that is the huge lie. Coming to terms with this is painful, and it's okay, healthy even, to figure out how to come to terms with our former beliefs and actions. It wasn't until I really connected with others outside the church that I realized that life does get better. I just had to sort out my own thoughts and feelings for the first time in my life. I couldn't rely on leaders or parents to tell me how to react, how to think, how to feel. I had to come to my own conclusions. I needed to form my own opinions, and I didn't have any practice. That sucked like a lot. I messed up a lot. I changed my mind a lot. And I learned that that was okay. At least I was willing to change my mind, my opinions and conclusions based on new information. I at least had that going for me. I listened and learned so much from others. My biggest lesson learned what to know in life is that it's so much better on the other side. I haven't even really realized when I finally made it to that other side. It just was. I became my own self. Seemed like I just woke up one day and figured out that I was okay with myself and okay with who I was. It wasn't dramatic. It just was. For those listening to the podcast, no matter where you are, you are enough just as you are. Let me say that again for those who have missed it. No matter where you are, you are enough just as you are. You may feel like you are at the bottom of a mountain and looking up, you wonder how you will ever survive the climb, but climb you must. No one else can do this for you, but surround yourself with like-minded people who can cheer you on in your journey. Think of me as your personal cheerleader. Ra-ra-ree! It's so hard to believe that there really even is another side aside after the anger and the pain. I just want you to see what I see, like the certainty I have that you're going to be able to think differently and you're going to feel better and your life is going to be so different. You're just not going to recognize the person you are now. Like, you know, I wish I could just let you see what I see when you're so in it and the suffering and the pain and the confusion, the doubt and the fear, go away. I'm going to relate this to Greek mythology today. I know, I know, totally normal, but listen for the reason. All right, so what we're going to talk about starts with Odysseus. Obvi. Where else would it start, right? Ha ha ha. All right, so let's kind of review the story of Odysseus. It's a Greek epic poem, and in the poem, Odysseus is traveling all around the world on adventures, you know, while his wife is sitting at home trying to hold off all these suitors, but that's like a whole other issue. We'll talk about that later, but it's interesting that there's some, um, there's fun, some fun feminists, try saying that 10 times fast, interesting feminist retellings. Anyways, I get off track. All right, so we're going to go with the traditional telling right now. So at one point in his journey, Odysseus goes through a strait, like a passageway, um, kind of on the ocean or sea, whatever. And there are these sirens. Everybody's heard this. And if not, so sirens are mythical creatures who lure men to jump off their boats by singing these irresistible, seductive, Seductive, I can talk Seductive siren songs Woo, that's tongue twister Anyways, if you've ever heard the phrase The siren song of anything That's where it comes from There are these mythical creatures Who sing these intoxicating songs And make men go crazy And the men jump off their ships To try to find the sirens And you know, do whatever with them And then they die They jump off the boats, and they get bashed by the rocky shores or the cliffs by the sea, and they drown. So Odysseus has a novel solution to this problem. He wants to hear the siren song, but he doesn't want to die. So he has his men plug their ears with beeswax so they won't hear the song. They won't be tempted, and he tells his men to tie him to the mast of his ship. And he tells them, don't untie me no matter what I do or say, no matter what I guess that he's going to say to them. But I don't know, don't untie me, right? You get the basic gist there. So as soon as I hear the song, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to tell you to untie me. I'm going to threaten to kill you when this is all over. I'm going to beg you. I'm going to say a million different things. Don't untie me, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, until we're out of there. Okay? The only real difference you and I have with Odysseus is that we didn't want to hear the sirens call. I equate those songs to the members trying to entice us back. i don't want to hear that i I mean they're comforting teachings, things we grew up our entire lives hearing. Of all these people saying, I know what's better for you, blah, 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 trying to navigate our lives and be committed to the decision we made to leave when there could be so much trying to lure us back to what can feel like an emotional death. We can't unknow things. We can't go back and be ignorant of the truth, no matter how much it hurts to face it. All right. So what's the takeaway from this story? Odysseus makes a decision. He wants to try something new and brave that no one else has done before. And he wants to experience something amazing and live to tell the tale when no one else does. But he knows he's going to experience regret about his decision. He knows he's going to want to change his mind. He knows he's going to hear voices that tell him to give up. He's going to hear voices that say things like, huh, don't stay on the mast, don't stay on the ship, come over here, hang out with us. Let's have an eternal family together, like whatever the sirens are saying. Isn't this a lot like the familiar and comforting messages that we grew up hearing? These Mormon sirens. It can seem so difficult to stay strong on our own path with those tempting messages to just conform because it would be easy. So he has himself tied to the mast. He commits so strongly that giving up is not even an option. He creates a situation in which he cannot give in to regret. He cannot change his mind. He cannot follow the voices he hears that are trying to draw him off his path. But our stupid brains start dissecting our decision We question our thoughts and our feelings. You are afraid that in the future you might have the thought, I made the wrong decision, and then you will feel regret. That's all. You're afraid that in that future you might have a thought or a feeling you don't like. You're afraid of what you are taught to be afraid of. The unknown. Choosing something that was, quote, wrong. Actually being wrong right? That's what we're all afraid of. When we question our decision, it's because we're trying to predict what decision will ensure the, that we avoid the feelings of fear, shame, guilt in the future, which kind of is hilarious because we experience those feelings now just imagining them in the future because our brain doesn't know the difference between having a feeling now And imagining having a feeling in the future. It's all the same. So we're already feeling those things. Does that make sense? You know those people who are kind of always casting blame on others. That's what your brain is like. Your brain is like, well, you know, I'm not the problem. Your brain blames what you did, what you ate, how you look, what you said, the decision to leave the church. It blames all these things your feelings. Anything except for its own flawed processes, which are truly, that's what creates the problem. Your brain is what creates the problem. It's like your brain is saying, nah, nope, that's not me. That must be you or the other people's. Anybody else is responsible for this, not me. So here are my favorite set of questions to ask myself when I'm trying to make and keep this decision. If I knew I could feel however I wanted, what would I choose? If I knew I was not going to feel anxiety, guilt, shame, or regret, which option would I prefer? If I knew I could feel proud of myself and happy and confident whichever decision I made, which would I choose? If I knew I didn't really matter which I choose, that it wouldn't impact my feelings or well-being, which one sounds more fun? So once you decide what you're going to do, you have to just commit. And that's where Odysseus comes in. All all of you want to pick the thing, make the decision that will prevent you from doubting it. It's like, I'll know the right decision when I just feel great about it and I don't have any doubt. I don't worry about it and I don't feel anxious about it and I don't regret the decision and I don't feel fear. Like, you know, those things come up but you don't have to act on it. You can recognize that they're created by your thoughts and that they aren't real. They are the siren song that will dash you on the rocks if you listen to them. It's just an illusion. The siren song was an illusion. It said to the sailors, if you just jump off your boat, you're going to get and have amazing sex with some kind of mythical creature. Maybe I'm a mermaid. Maybe I'm a lion. Who knows what I am? But that was a total lie. They were just going to die. Your fear and your self-doubt and regret—the thoughts that, co- the thoughts that cause that—the thoughts about maybe this is a mistake. What if I'm unhappy? What if it's terrible? What if I fail? Those thoughts—they tell you that the decision is what's dangerous, and so you should change it, right? You make a decision and your brain immediately starts going, I don't know, maybe that was the wrong decision. Maybe it was the wrong choice. If you make a different decision, you could feel differently. That's a lie. The decision is not dangerous. Acting on your doubt or fear or regret is what is dangerous. That's what keeps you stuck or going back and forth fruitlessly searching for an option where you won't have to manage that mind. This is a really deep teaching and I want you to sit with it. You may want to listen to this part more than once. Once you make that decision, you do not change it no matter what feelings you have until you have managed managed your mind to make those feelings at least neutral and preferably positive. If you do not change it until you have managed your mind to be able to love the result of whatever decision you make, You do not take regret and fear and anxiety as signs of anything meaningful or real. You do not listen to their siren call that if you just act your way out of them, they will go away. It's a lie. If you act on anxiety and regret and you reverse a decision, I can guarantee in six months or six weeks or six days, you'll be feeling anxiety and regret about that reversal. Because if you don't learn how to rewire your brain, it will produce anxiety and regret no matter what decision you feed it. When you're trying to change and grow and evolve, when you are on an epic adventure of yourself, like Odysseus was, your brain is always going to react and change with fear and regret and anxiety. It's absolutely normal. It's not a reason to change course. It's to be expected. It's like Odysseus knowing he's going to go through the siren straight and just preparing. It's not a reason to untie yourself from the mast. You're the heroine hero of your own journey. And what creates a heroine hero is commitment and bravery. Tie yourself to that mast. Granted, Don't completely compare to the stay in the boat analogy, that the boat is the church. I'm talking about your own boat that you're in charge of. So kind of separate those two. When you ask, how do I make this decision? You're asking, how do I know which decision won't cause anxiety or regret? But that's the wrong fucking question because if you don't manage your mind, both decisions will cause that, will cause those feelings. They won't cause them because your thoughts cause them, but both decisions will be subject to those feelings. Those feelings will come up. If you don't manage your mind, no matter what decision you make, you will experience self-doubt, fear, anxiety, and regret. Once you know how to manage your mind, neither decision has to give rise to those feelings. So the better question is not, How do I know which decision won't cause feelings I don't like? Because we can't answer that one. Well, let's answer it. The answer is any decision will cause those feelings for you now. The better question is knowing my brain is going to cause anxiety and regret no matter what I do. So which one sounds like the kind of adventure that you want to have? Which one matters enough for me to tie myself to the mast and not act on the anxiety or guilt or regret I might momentarily feel and keep going? Right? All right, so... Da-da-da. Okay, here's some good news. You are an ace at negative feelings. You've been having them your whole damn life and you're still here, Right? There's no reason to be so terrified that you might feel them again in the future. Like you're a pro at having anxiety, guilt, and self-doubt. You are an expert. You can handle it. You've been having it all along, and it doesn't feel amazing, but it's not going to kill you. So we have to live through the state of anxiety and self-doubt. You can still have questions and have an unknown, but yet learn to be comfortable in your own skin With your own decisions, especially with that decision to leave the church. Trust what you have studied, trust what you know to be true, not what somebody else tells you, and you are going to be just fine. Wake up every day, say hello to the sun, say hello to yourself, and say, I'm gonna make it an amazingly great day. So manage yourself, manage your mind, keep talking to yourself. But you know what? Tie yourself to the mast, right? All right, thanks for listening. Bye.